Last week we talked about the overcomer in the life of Jesus, you know, and how he overcame the grave. Uh, today we want to kind of pivot and talk about overcomer into the life of Joseph. And, and listen, we all love a good story that has the main character, you know, that had to beat overwhelming odds, you know, to win, to be the hero. You know, the, the overcoming adversity, overcoming, you know, the, the the odds against that person. We love a combat story. Most of our Hollywood movies, books that we read, you know, built on that premise, the premise of something overcoming, and we like that kind of story. We, we, it's a feel-good story. Um, when I think of some movies in my life that I love to watch, uh, I love the Rocky series. You know, Rocky 1, great. Rocky 2, awesome. Rocky 3, perfect. You know, Mr. T, and, you know, uh, Rocky going at each other. Then you got Rocky IV, awesome, right? And then Rocky V, you know, that, well, that was terrible. I mean, I threw that one away, all right? And so uh, if, you, if you're into Rocky. But Rocky IV, to me, you know, it's the classic best movie. That, it's in my top five of all movies, you know, Rocky IV. I mean, you got, you know, uh, Rocky versus the guy named Drago. And Drago is a Russian player. Um, he's a killer. And, uh, and, and so at the end here, at the end of the movie, Rocky against all odds. He goes to Russia, you know, in a hostile territory. He's not on his turf. And uh, he trains, you know, in the backwoods of Russia. You know, and then he goes against Drago and, and, and overcome great, you know, odds that were against him to beat him. Great, great story. And if you've never seen Rocky IV and I spoiled that for you, I'm sorry. Um, you've had 30 years to watch it, okay? Um, anyway, we're, we're going to be kicking off this idea on the story of Joseph for the next few weeks. And how Joseph overcame some, you know, overcame life challenges. Today, we'll look at how he overcame adversity. Uh, next week, we'll talk about how he overcame temptations. We're going to look at, in a few weeks, how he overcame discouragement. And then we're going to finally look at how he overcame the need for revenge. And so we're going to look at these different areas of his life for the next uh, three to four weeks. And I hope that you'll tune in every week with that. And, uh, but Joseph was a man who lived a life of integrity in spite of all kinds of adversity. When he was hated, he didn't retaliate. When he was tempted, he did not give in. When his life fell apart, he remained strong. Joseph, as we get the backstory of his life, he was raised in a very dysfunctional family. His father, Jacob, had four wives. And Joseph had 11 brothers and one sister. And on top of that, Joseph's mom, she died when she was giving birth to Joseph younger brother named Benjamin. So if you think you have adversity, imagine living in a household with 13 children, 13 children from four different moms. All right, so this is a crazy household right here. And to make things more complicated, everybody knew that Joseph was dad's favorite. You know, Jacob had Joseph made, you know, he had a custom-made robe that fit just right for Joseph. Nobody else had that. 
but Joseph. And the brothers, they hated Joseph. Nobody in the family liked Joseph. And so we pick up the story in chapter 37 of Genesis. And Joseph was about 17 years old. Uh, he's in, in a high school, and uh, he had everything going for him. And all of a sudden, his life began to fall apart. And I want to look at some lessons today about how Joseph overcame adversities and how you can as well. So let's look into the story here. Genesis chapter 37. I don't have it on the handout note because there's a lot here, but it's on the screen. You follow along in the Bible or on your Bible version app. There's a U version app, and you can follow along there. But Genesis chapter 37, and verse number 12. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flocks near Shechem. And Israel, by the way, that's Jacob, okay? Jacob said to Joseph, as you know, your brothers are grazing the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. Before we go on, I find it interesting here that the, that the brothers, they're out working. Uh, and Joseph is at home probably playing PS5, okay? He's just, you know, PlayStation, just kind of having his own time. And I find that interesting. And the reason is, I believe, is that he's dad's favorite. He's got privilege here. And, and so Jacob said to Joseph, I want you to go and find your brothers and see how they're doing. Now, where they live is in the Valley of Hebron, which is south of Jerusalem. He's sending them to Shechem. Shechem is north of Jerusalem, about 50 miles from where Jacob and Joseph is. So this is not a five-minute walk down the road here. They didn't have Uber to call. I mean, this was something that had to go. And Joseph willingly said, okay. You know, he, he, he's, a, he's a considerate, reliable guy here. And we see the story that he gets to Shechem, and while he's looking for his brother in Shechem, he can't find him. And there's a man, some random dude said, hey, if you're looking for your brother, they, they, they went further north, another 10 to 15 miles to the area called Dothan. And so Joseph, he keeps walking north. Now he's about 60 miles, 17 years old, walking in pretty hostile territory, you know, 60, 65 miles away from home, looking for his brothers to fulfill his father's wishes. And so we pick up the story in verse 17. It says, Joseph went after his brothers and he found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they had a plan to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Let's kill him. Let's throw him into one of these citrons, which is a, a man-made well, about 20 to 30 feet deep, and uh, straight down, and with the collect the rain, you know, all the rain, and, and it was a great place to store water throughout the year. And so, hey, let's, let's throw them in the citrons. Let's throw them in this well, and let's just say that a, a ferocious animal devoured So they're going to kill them, they're going to throw his body in this well, and they're going to go come up with a plan, this story that dad, you know, to dad, and say, hey, you know, he died, he's gone, he's missing, and, and, and that's what they're doing here. And so they come together. They had a tribal council, if you would, and they had a plan to kill Joseph. Now in verse 21, Reuben hears about this. Now Reuben's the oldest brother. And he doesn't like Joseph. 
but he certainly doesn't want to kill Joseph. And so he heard about this plan, and he tried to rescue Joseph from their hands. And so he said, let's not take his life. Let's not shed any blood. Let's just throw him in this well, and, but let's not lay a hand on him. And Reuben said all this to rescue him from them and to take them back to his father. And so, verse 23 and verse 24, you know, they get Joseph and they did exactly that. They, they took off his robe, you know, that, that robe that they hated, that was the symbol of his dad, the dad's favoritism to Joseph. They rip it off, they throw Joseph in that well, and then verse number 25 happened. As they were sitting down to eat their meal, they look up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites. They're coming down from Gilead, and their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. So we got some traders here, some merchantmen on their way that just happened to walk by this area, and the brothers, they, they, we're trying to figure out a plan here, what they're going to do with Joseph. You know, their first plan was to kill him, but Reuben kind of talked to him out of it. So now they're trying to figure out what we do next, and here it is, these merchant men coming by. And you would say, man, that's a kind of a, a coincidence. You know, but see, God had a plan in all of this. God is working it all out. God, God had a plan for, those, for these Ishmaelites, these traders, you know, before they set journey several months out to be at this specific place and time, to be where Joseph was in this well. This was all the hands of God. By the way, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's no such thing as coincidences. They are God incidences. God has a plan. God is working it all out. He is working it all out. God is working it all out here in Joseph. It doesn't look like it in this moment, but God is working it out. We pick up the verse, verse 26. And Judah, he said to his brothers, you know, what if, what if we sell our brother and make some money off of this? You know, if we kill him, there's nothing to gain, but if we sell him, we make some money. And so they sold him. They sold him for 20 shekels of silver. Verse 29. When Reuben came back to the cistern, so somehow Reuben was away when this all happened. He was either, you know, taking care of the sheep or on a bathroom break or whatever. He comes back and he noticed that Joseph is gone. He said, what have y'all done? What is happening here? And he is, he is livid with his brothers. He said, what am I going to do? And so verse number 31, they got Joseph's robe, they slaughtered the goat, and they dipped the robe in the blood. They took the robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it to see if it's your son's robe. Jacob recognized it and said, it's my son's robe. Some ferocious animal had devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. And Jacob, he, he tore his clothes, put on a sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him but he refused to be comforted. No, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. And his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites, they sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. All right, so we'll stop here. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine what's going on in Joseph's mind? Here he is. He's all 17 years old, right? Raised up in privilege. Raised up as a favorite. And now, no doubt, he's glad to be alive, right? But he's tied up like a slave. Tied up like an animal. And probably wondering, what in the world is going to happen to me next? What is going to happen? Have you ever... Have you ever noticed how quickly life can change? Yeah? You know, you get a phone call from a teacher, and they tell you that they believe that your child has a learning disability, and it changes. Or, or you go into your boss's office on Monday morning, and he says, you know, I'm sorry, there's been a corporate takeover, and they don't need your job no more. Just like that. Or you discovered a lump on your body. The doctor says, you know, I'm afraid it's cancerous. You know, you find a post on Facebook from your spouse to a former lover and it just wrecks your heart. You get a phone call. And on the phone call, he says, you know, I'm sorry, but your parents had a heart attack. Or you're driving, minding your own business. The truck pulls out. And the next thing you can remember the next thing you know is that you wake up days later in intensive care. It's crazy how life can change just like that. And here's young Joseph, 17 years old, right? Young, healthy, pampered by his dad. And all of a sudden, he tied up and on his way to Egypt to be sold as a slave. Let me ask you this. Could you be faithful to God if you were taken as a slave, if you were taken as a hostage and treated like a wild animal, could you be faithful to God? And we see in the story, and this is what we're going to discover, is that Joseph was faithful. Oh, he, he could have complained, right? He could have got mad. He, he could have shaken his fist at God. He could have gotten bitter. But instead, he put his life, he put his situation in God's hands. And later on, Genesis chapter 39, in verse number two, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. That's Potiphar. He said, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his Attendant. Oswald Sanders, he wrote the uh, uh, devotional, My Utmost for His Highest, My Utmost to His Highest. He said, When you walk with God, there are qualities that even the people of the world can see. Isn't that great? When you walk with God, when you're a follower of Christ, when you are a Christian, there are qualities that even the people of this world can say, you know what, I know there's something about you. I can't quite put my finger on it, but I know that you said you're a follower of Christ, and I can tell. The world, the unbelieving world will look at you. That's what happened to Joseph. Part of it, he couldn't quite put a finger on it, but he could see, you know what, God blessing, the hand of your God is on your life. And they raised him up into his household. And so here's young Joseph. Young Joseph, faithful to God, even though he didn't understand what was going on. 
he made the best of a bad situation. Eventually, we'll see that he was promoted in his master's house and then out of Egypt. So, today, I want to give us three principles, three key thoughts to overcoming adversity. How you and I can overcome it, how we can hang in there, how we can go to distance. Ready? If you're taking notes, number one, adversity is inevitable. So be prepared. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. So be prepared. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse number 12. It says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Man, isn't that encouraging? Man, aren't y'all glad you came to church today? Right? Doesn't that just want to make you just jump out of bed and, whoo, yeah. He said, for those, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, if you live a godly life, you will be persecuted. John chapter 16, verse number 33, it's Jesus talking to his disciples. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. You will have it. He said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He said, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We will face adversity in life. And so we need to be prepared. Now, when I live in, in, in Florida, you know, we got the storms. We call them hurricanes. How many of you have ever been in a hurricane before? All right, we got a few, okay. You know, and the hurricanes are, are, are something else. But the cool thing about hurricanes is you know they're coming. All right, and, and what's crazy is you know it's coming when the Weather Channel guy named Jim Cantor shows up at your beach. You're like, okay, something's happening. The blue skies, you know, and always, 24 hours before a hurricane hit. You got the beautiful skies, calm. And you're like, man, it's hard to imagine that in 24 hours, this, it could be all upside down. I remember my very first hurricane, Hurricane Opal, 1995. I remember as a college student, hunkered down in the dorms, and we were supposed to stay in the hallway, but I was so curious because I wanted to look out in the window. So I go into the room and, and look out the window. I see palm trees, you know, you know sideways. And it's great. And I'm like, man, this is cool. You know, I see turtles flying around. You know, it's great. I, uh, I um, called my mom and dad. I thought maybe this shouldn't, you know, I've not heard from them. I said, maybe they don't know that I'm in a hurricane. Or maybe they don't care. I don't know. So I called, my mom wasn't home, and my dad, he picked up the phone and said, hey, dad, you know, he said, hey, son, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. I'm in a hurricane. He said, oh, you are? He had no idea. He had no clue. And he was like, okay, you doing okay? I said, I think so, you know. He said, all right, well, tell mom, you know, let her know that I'm, you know. Now, after the fact, they'll call him and say, are you okay, son? We had no idea. I said, no, we're good. We're survivors, you know, we're great. You know, but here's the thing. We know they're coming. And so we get prepared for it. You know, that we go and we, you know, and I've been to several other hurricanes when we had a house, you know, I board up the house, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, we get food, we get water. We do all this stuff to be prepared for the hurricane. It's not a matter of 
if, the matter of when, the storms of life, my friend, will come. Again, it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And I don't know what's coming tomorrow for your life or mine, but here's the truth. I do know who holds tomorrow. And when when the adversity comes, don't say, how in the world could it possibly happen to me? No, I'm a Christian. We just need to understand that it is going to happen. Adversity will come our way. And so we need to be prepared in the face of adversity. Number two, effort is essential. So don't give up. Effort is so important. So don't give up. Now, I hear, I hear people say from time to time, you know, when adversity comes, we're going to grow through it. And that's a great statement. Unfortunately, I've seen people quit when the going gets tough. I see people buckle when the pressure is on. I see people get bitter. I see people shake their fist at God. I see people just mad. I see people leave the church, get just you know, they disconnect with other people. I've seen people turn to drugs and alcohol. They don't know how to cope with life when adversity comes. I want to encourage you that when it does happen, they don't give up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Bible says that victory will come if we don't give up. Victory will come if you don't give up. And I would say today that even if you don't understand why you're facing the storms of life, why you're in adversity, I'm gonna say to I'm gonna say this to you. Don't quit doing the right thing. Don't quit going to church. Don't quit reading your Bible. Don't quit praying. Even when you don't feel it, even when you don't feel like it, don't quit doing the right thing. Don't, even when you don't feel like praising God, still praise him and worship him. You keep praising him. Don't become weary in being a faithful believer of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. You need to persevere In other words, you need to hang in there so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Now listen carefully. Joseph is 17 years old, right? When it all began to happen, when his life began to fall apart. You realize that he suffered for 13 years? 13 years. It wasn't until he was 30 years old that he finally promoted to be the number two man in all of Egypt. You see, it matters how you respond to adversity. Look at Joseph. He was mistreated by his family. He wanted to give up. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. He wanted to give up. He's living in a strange country, far from home, he wanted to give up. He was given favor in Potiphar's house. So he decided to go on. 
he was wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. And so he wanted to give up. He was thrown into prison, wanted to give up. But then he was put in charge of all the prisoners and decided to go on. But then he was forgotten about by the chief butler. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But he was forgotten by the chief butler and again, he wanted to give up. And he was left in prison for two more years, forgotten. And he wanted to give up. Finally, he was asked to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And so he decided to go on. And eventually, he became the number two man in all of Egypt. Do you see how many times, how many more times he decided to give up versus how many times he decided to go on? He had to go through a lot of adversity before he found success. I would say this principle, I called it the Joseph principle. In order to go up, sometimes you have to go down. Sometimes you have to go down. That's the way God works. And you see, it's through life challenges, challenges of life, where characters develop. Characters not develop in the good times. Very rarely does it does. But it most develops when you're going through a difficult life challenge. You see, Joseph would have never been prepared to lead Egypt through a famine if it wasn't for the 13 years of setback and character development that God was doing and working in Joseph's life. Setbacks can become setups if you let God handle it. What is, what is your setback right now? What is it in your life? You say, man, I just feel like it's a big, giant setback. And understand that God has a plan. And you can turn that setback into a setup for his glory. Losing the battle, it doesn't mean that you've lost the war. So effort, it's essential. Don't give up. Keep doing the right thing. Number three, here's the last thought. Is that God is faithful, so you be faithful. We're just saying the song, right? Yes and amen. That God is faithful. That he is faithful. He always is, always will be. And so we are challenged to be faithful too. You know, there's always two kinds of people when they face adversity. People that are bitter or people that are better. People that are angry People that say, God, I don't understand, but I'm, I'm listening. I'm going to still be faithful to you. God promised that he would be with you every step of the way. The promises of God, right? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the, water, uh, through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And listen, God doesn't say you won't have a flood. But he does say that when the flood come, you won't drown. I'll be with you. God doesn't say that you'll never have a fire. But he does say that when the fire comes, I'll see that you won't get burned. I'll be with you. And through every adversity that you and I face, God, learn to be faithful and trust God, even when life doesn't make sense. I've said it before and I'll say it again. 
just because God seemed silent, it doesn't mean that he's absent. He's not absent. Sometimes it may seem silent, but he's always there. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10, the Apostle Peter said, The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, he will himself restore you. He will make you strong. He will make you firm. He will make you steadfast. Man, I love that. I love it. With God's help, Joseph was able to be restored. God strengthened him. He made him firm, and he was steadfast. Joseph was able to overcome every adversity that he ever faced. And I want to tell you that today, so can you. God is faithful. Interesting story in Exodus chapter 15. We don't have to turn there. But as I look about the, you know, the story and as I think about overcoming adversity and God's faithfulness in our lives, you know, God has just led the Israelites out of Egypt. They saw the power of God on full display. Divided up the Red Sea and they walk over on dry ground. And God rescued the Israelites from the Egyptians. And in chapter 15, you, you will see the praise and worship concert that's happening. I mean, they are worshiping God like crazy. God has done incredible stuff. They were singing songs like, you know, yes and amen. I mean, that's, that, 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 that's exactly what they were doing. They were just worshiping God. God, you have been faithful. You have been awesome. You have delivered us. And so after they praise and worship on a, I don't know, I'm just putting it out there, on a Sunday, because sometimes this is what we do on a Sunday. We get our praise and worship, we get our Jesus filled, we get, woo, you know. Then they start journey three days down the road, and they wandered the desert for three days, and they, got, and they started to get thirsty. There was no water to be found. And it take long, from Sunday worship to Monday moaning and complaining and griping. God, where you at, man? We're thirsty. They've wandered for three days. They've come to a place called Mara. Mara is a, was a, a, had a little river, and they started drinking this, uh, from this water, and it was bitter. It was nasty. Hence the word Mara means bitter water. Bitter water. It was bitter. It was terrible. They couldn't stand it. They said, oh, God, this is worse. And they got angry with God. They started complaining to Moses. And they were saying stuff to Moses. to make it. Moses, we were better off in Egypt. They had forgotten how awesome God was. God, you know, <laughs> you know God tells Moses, he says, I want you to throw a piece of stick in the, in the river, and it'll, and, it'll, and it'll make the water drinkable. And so Moses followed God and threw the water into the river in Mara, and the, and, the, and the water became somewhat drinkable, and they drank it. And then they set journey, and the next day they came to a place called Elam. And that Elam had 12 springs 
70 palm trees. I think it's interesting. There was a, there was a spring for every tribe of Israel. There were 12 tribes. And the water was so fresh, so sweet. And so here, here's the lesson I hope that we all get from here. You see, when life seemed hopeless, God's answer was one day away. God's answer was only one day away. And for some of you here today, that may be your story. You're frustrated. You're bitter. You're going through a spiritual dry. Last week was a spiritual high. This week is a spiritual dry. Something happened, that phone call that happened out of the blue. You're losing hope. You're wondering, God, have you forgotten me? And here's what I want to say to you. Don't give up. God is faithful. And his answer could only be one day away. Could be a week away, could be a month away, could be a year away, but God's timing. Joseph's life was 13 years away. But God had a plan. God is working it all out for his glory. Some of you here today, it's just God, I feel like I'm in a pit. I'm in the pit. I feel like, man, life I just one thing after another. One setback after another setback. And you talk about this shut-up, I haven't seen a setup. And I feel like I'm in the pit and I'm trying, Scott. Man, it's hard though. I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like giving up. I'm in the pit. I read this the past week. I thought it was kind of funny and cute, but then I thought it makes the point. A man fell into a pit. An optimist, he came along, and he said to the man, things could be worse. A pessimist comes along, he said, things will get worse. A person of empathy comes along, said to the man, hey, I feel your pain in the pit. A philosopher comes along, and he said, you know, it's logical that there are pits to fall into. A Pharisee, he comes along and look at the man, he said, only bad people fall into a pit. An IRS guy comes along, he said, hey, are you paying taxes on your pit? A name it and claim it preacher came by. He said, just confess that you're not in the pit no more. Just name it and claim it. An engineer, he comes along. He doesn't say anything. He just measured the depth of the pit. A news reporter comes out. And he asked the man, hey, how do you feel in the pit? Finally, Jesus comes by climbed down and helped a man out of the pit. My friend, if you feel like you've hit rock bottom, remember, Jesus, he's with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Just understand that adversity is going to happen. Be prepared. Effort is important, so don't give up.
And remember, He is faithful. Because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for what we've learned today in the life of Joseph. God, I'm not sure I don't know of every person's situation here today. For some of us, we may be, it may be the calm before the storm. And so God, that's fine, that's great. Help us to be prepared because adversity will happen. Help us to do the things now that we need to do, the faithful things, spending time in your word. But thank God, there are others there in the middle of it. Adversity left and right all over. They feel like they're drowning. God, I pray that you help them to understand that, that you're with him, you're with her. Help that person not to give up, to stay faithful to you. The trust, the trust that you have a plan. Even when life doesn't make sense, God, you're never absent. You're always with us. And so God, we ask you to help us today. Whatever life throws at us, I pray that we will overcome it because of who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.